One of the most um, important parts of training um, and cultivation in general is the nature or quality of the system or the method you're involved in. So we all know that, you know, there's there's tons of different schools out there. There's all kinds of different Qigong exercises. There's meditation systems. There's religions. That, you know, that, it's quite crazy when you first get into cultivation and you've decided, okay, this is what I want. I want to um, engage in something outside of materialism and I'd like to better myself if you like or or whatever it is your aim is you know you you start to look around you realize there's tons and tons of systems and schools out there and blah blah blah, blah. so one of the biggest questions always comes up is how to choose that school or choose that system and I I don't know I see people give a really simple answer to that question but it's not a simple answer it's not really a simple question because it really depends what you want and who you are so you know everybody wants to have the best school or method they possibly can of course i'm sure that's you know if you ask most people they wouldn't want the, the worst one but you don't really necessarily need the best one if your aims are not to go as far as you possibly can in a system right so say you're you know you just want something to do on a wednesday night or you want to lubricate the joints of your body or you want to do some exercise or you want to relax you don't need the best qigong school in the world you don't need the best meditation school you need one that's not going to harm you you know and you need one from a guy or whatever who's been teaching a while that's got enough proficiency to know how not to do you harm but you don't need you know, you don't need to go traveling all across the Far East to <laughs> find some master hiding in the mountains. Definitely not, you know. You, you can start closer to home and, and go to your local village hall and see what, what's happening. At the, the same time, if you're starting out in your journey, even if you are quite serious, you know, and you really want to go as far as you can in these arts, if you're new, there's nothing wrong again. We're just going to a local class, even though it might not be the best place in the world it might not be technically the most amazing it's a good place to start it'll give you a chance to you know make some contacts in the scene and get a rough idea about how the training works and maybe even pick up some useful basics and then of course the better you get or the deeper you go into that process you you normally have to explore a bit the the chances of the the most amazing teacher in the world you know the one that's going to lead you all the way to full realization of the nature of reality the chances of that teacher being in your local community center are quite slim to be perfectly honest i mean i guess it's possible but it's highly unlikely so generally you have to move around and travel a bit and explore and if you want to go that deep and and see what else there is out there now this there's a sort of a jump here really where you know for the rest of this monologue whatever you want to call it i'm going to be talking about sort of the higher levels of training from now on so sort of skipping all of that you know but I wanted to start with that just to make sure people didn't think I was being purely elitist because I'm really not I think you should you know go to where is relevant for you because say you go to <clears throat> say you, you're only sort of casually interested or you just want to relax or get some exercise or something like that and you go to you know great grandmaster head of lineage of blah 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 on some mystical Chinese mountain well first of all that <laughs> the training is going to be very very hard very very difficult very very intricate very very time-consuming and many of those things that you really don't want and, and in actual fact sometimes if somebody wants something um, restorative or sort of to rejuvenate their health or build their strength up then you don't necessarily want the most difficult or challenging system anyway because 
it can take quite a, a toll on your system on your body on your energy system on your mind even you know but I, i'm just want to make sure i'm not people don't think i'm just saying everything's crap apart from the best system because i'm really not i think people should go to where is relevant to them uh like when i started my training i i started out with uh you know well my family originally and then after that i i started to explore different classes in the area and and i have to say that my the stuff i was doing with my family was better but once i started looking out into other classes and trying it they they weren't where i stayed and when i was young i knew i wasn't going to stay and i knew i hadn't found my personal teachers my sensei or my sifu or whatever i knew that but i still did the classes because i think that you know it's all experience and to me there's a kind of thing that training is training and and sometimes i think it's good and i picked up things that were useful in those classes as well i mean what's the point of sitting there at home with no contacts and no leads and no guide and you don't know where you're going to train don't know what you're going to do so you're simply going to sit on your ass in your basement simply because you can't get access to the world's best teacher it's like mm, there's a lot of time wasted there you're better off just going out and exploring and meeting who you can so that being said <coughs> with my personal journey what happened is i started to explore and go deeper and i needed teachers that were closer and closer to the kind of core of, of what was going on and and i went through martial arts and uh chinese medicine and qigong and meditation and even a bit of yoga as well not that i would claim to be an expert on such things but uh, you know i went to india i went to ashrams and I, I explored around you know and i spent time trying to find my way through these arts and then what i started to realize was even that <laughs> my goal wasn't the same anymore like my aim had changed originally when i got into it i just thought it was you know cool you know like i'd learn to fight and learn to move and look trendy and that was good and then i got a bit older i'm like all right some health and longevity would be cool i suppose and, and then i was like well i'm a bit angry so i should probably try to calm down so there's all <laughs> you know all of these kind of factors came into play but it wasn't long um before i started to latch on to this idea of awakening or enlightenment realization you know to me those aren't the same thing but you know what i mean like those kind of high level spiritual attainments i wanted to know spirit i wanted to know god for want of a better term and and i realized that within the realm of these internal arts not necessarily the ones i was studying at that particular time but i realized that it was within the remit of the arts in general for these things to be a possibility or at least it was spoken about so from there all of my internal training became focused upon that and there are about the the search for understanding the nature of reality the nature of self and and truth really to get a connection to you know something that was certainly went on beyond the the material realm i'd reached that stage where the idea of life was unsatisfying what was i supposed to do you know get lots of money get a nice car get a nice house and have kids get old die it, it seemed kind of pointless like that all of that had lost its sheen you know there was something more and also at that stage i've met a couple of teachers that even though i wouldn't say were you know <laughs> completed fully fully realized they were certainly somewhere along that spectrum you know and when i met them there was something different about them that radiated that of an aura that was almost bliss inducing when i entered into it now for someone who'd naturally had a tendency towards annoyance or anger or frustration really as a kind of default emotion standard livery woody male type characteristics which is what i have mixed with a bit of teenage angst and a dose of obnoxious personality just kind of thrown in together i had all of those things so then when 
I, I met these individuals that by simply being in their presence, it softened the edges of all of those characteristics and left me with a sort of euphoric joy. I realized, okay, there's something else going on here because no one else had done that to me before, you know. And then all of the other things, the sweet scent that's followed them in the air that you might have read about and uh, many other things, you know. And, and like I say, these teachers, they were very, very good, but they they hadn't gone all the way, but they were certainly closer to touching the truth or the soul or spirit than I was, you know, further on that line. So once I met people who had those kinds of abilities and those kind of attainments, then obviously this became the goal. This was what alluring all of a sudden everything else seemed kind of pointless. And I sometimes wonder if many of the people that are angry about silly things like Fajin or whatever <laughs> in the internal arts world arguing about this and that. Who's the oldest school and who's the original style and who founded this and all that kind of crap. Like I wonder if all those arguments were stop if they ever actually met someone or were in the presence of someone who was highly attained um, and whether it would have the same effect because certainly a lot of my petty worries about such things because I'd had the same things, you know, this is fake, this is real he's fake, who could beat who, blah, blah, all that kind of childish crap. All of that faded away once I, I saw like, oh, wow, there's, <laughs> there's a whole level of potential within these arts I didn't know was there. Why am I wasting my time with these petty concerns, you know? So I reached that stage and then I realized, okay, well, I could learn off these teachers and I did. And, and then after that, one of them passed away and another one I, I couldn't get access to anymore. So I was like, well, I'm going to need some teachers. I, I'm going to need someone who's done these things. It, it's not enough for me to just have a method. I need the example, the company, the presence of a master who has achieved an awakening or a, a, a realization of, of spirit. You know, I needed those things. Now, I'm aware I'm using the terms kind of loosely um, at the moment, but I'll define them maybe a little bit further as we go along. So what I started to do was I hunted around, I went around Europe, um, and I met many good uh, practitioners, amongst a lot of bad ones, of course, but I met a lot that I thought were really good and very interesting. And um, I don't tend to share stories of people I met because, I don't know, I'm just like name dropping always feels a bit cheesy to me. But one day, one day I will, one day I'll, I'll give an account, but but especially because <laughs> these days um, many people sort of if you don't name drop every five minutes people doubt you've ever actually done anything or met anyone and it's a bit stupid so I don't know one day maybe I'll if I'm in the mood I'll release a biography of some sort when I'm old when I'm old and decrepit and on my way out and I smell of cabbage and pee and you know I can't do anything anymore maybe on my deathbed I'll I'll write an autobiography and I'll, I'll actually share the the sort of photos and stories of all the people I met because uh, maybe maybe even the journey could be useful to somebody coming up in that generation somebody who's not even born yet I suppose age-wise who who's starting out in the arts but for now it's okay it's enough to understand that I met some teachers that were good in Europe but still not not what I wanted you know I met skillful people I met people who were very tough at martial arts I met people that were technically very good I met people that were nice I liked the company but I still couldn't encounter another person at those teachers level so of course then I had to hit the road so I started to explore all through Southeast Asia and China I spent a long time in China and, and then Thailand uh, which became my base so traveling around I explored India and Taiwan and, and many of these other countries just moving around constantly following leads basically any time I heard a rumor 
of a teacher that was good you know like within conversations in martial arts schools or in meditation schools or in ashrams or whatever i would just go track that person down that's what i did and then whatever resources or time was needed that's what i did and uh, i would travel to I, th- I went to so many provinces in china it was crazy and, and all these countries I, th- I one day i once um put pins in a google map <laughs> for the towns i visited looking for people including the sort of dead ends and ones that didn't amount to anything it was a crazy journey i covered a lot of ground i wouldn't want to state how much money i spent or how many times i had food poisoning actually i mean lots of my adventures <laughs> journeys in asia um, probably 50% of that time was sat in a toilet looking at the back of the toilet door because um, generally I discovered that many of these leads, these teachers, didn't live in the nicest parts of Asia so that everything was a bit unhygienic and stuff. So I don't know, it wasn't all, um, you know, <laughs> rose petals, unicorns and rainbows. There was quite a lot of hardship involved. You know, so I, I travelled around anyway, finding these people and, uh, and and I started to get contacts eventually. Um, after lots of dead ends like I say lots of contacts with people that were close to lineages and things and then of course that idea comes across lineage okay so this becomes an important concept and most people in these arts will have heard of the term lineage and most people will have an opinion on lineage and most people will have a, a lineage of their own I guess or something and generally what people mean by lineage is can is can you trace the source of your teaching back so this person was taught by this person who was in turn taught by this person who was in turn taught by this person and that's where your permission to teach comes from quite often so what it means is people might be 16th generation whatever long Pai, or 18th generation shaolin or whatever, no whatever they have their lineage and they have their numbers so i want to talk about that a little bit what is lineage and how useful is it? Because I have, I think, probably a niche view of lineage. But my niche view of lineage came has developed out of my experience and comes after having what I would say was the conventional view of lineage that, that became transformed. And I want to talk about this because I, I don't know if people know much about what lineage is. Um, so, first of all, I don't mean martial arts lineage. So if you have a Tai Chi lineage or a Kung Fu lineage or a Bagua lineage... Uh, I'm talking about something different because to me those lineages are very much who taught who so you people can normally say okay I was taught by this guy who was taught by this guy who was taught by you know Chen Manqing who was taught by Yang Chen Fu and so you can trace back the lineage of your teachers to me that's a very literal and physical lineage Um, but I'm talking about something else so the kind of lineage I'm referring to is more the kind of lineage you would find in a spiritual tradition what sometimes people call a wisdom tradition or or something like this a meditation tradition or a nagong lineage or something like that i'm talking about lineage in a different sense so in these lineages the the origin of the lineage if you could ever (laughs) trace it back that far should be an enlightened or realized or fully awakened person And, and generally that's what you'll find that the legends or the myths if you believe their myths the stories if you like are that the founders of the traditions were these highly realized and awakened beings who understood the nature of self truth and reality so the value of a lineage is that you have you know a direct connection back to one of these people now as a as a general guide (coughs) or a general uh, sort of structure for your your practice 
to hunt out one of these kinds of lineage under this logic is not the worst thing in the world, of course, because it's it's better because at least you have a tried and tested system um, that has previously worked at some stage and you have the combined, um, you know, experiences of, of countless practitioners that come before you because it doesn't matter how much effort you put in on your own or how good you get on your own, your single person, one man or one woman experience in your lifetime should never amount to the same as generation after generation who've been doing the same practice within the same tradition, within the same lineage. So there is a value to it, for sure. So someone who doesn't have a lineage within the spiritual arts is already at a kind of... Okay, they're at a disadvantage, for sure, because they can't guarantee that their method is traditional or it worked or, or anything like this. But at the same time, lineages aren't always what they cracked up to be and that's what I want to talk about it's maybe a little bit controversial but uh, I want to talk about the the uselessness <laughs> of a lineage but before I talk about that I want to make sure that I'm I'm also saying that you know to counter myself there is a use to finding a lineage you do have to find one but then we have to point out what are the weaknesses within lineage and and this is something that I learned over time so I spent ages tracking down a lineage that I wanted to be connected to um, and eventually was made a part of, um, and then there's a couple of them in the end. But I became aware of the weaknesses of such things um, after many years of being in them. And I want to talk about that. So first of all, the founder of a lineage should have been somebody who was fully awakened, fully realized, enlightened. You know, these are nuances on a on a theme and maybe someday I'll talk about them in greater detail but essentially this is someone that should have realized the nature of mind stepped out of the material and maybe understood the truth of the universe or, or the truth of causation or people would define it in different ways to be free of the shackles of mind you know whatever now generally when you go online and you look around you can find especially with social media these days you can find many many people who claim to be enlightened or awakened or self-realized and there's many of them. there's so many of them it's crazy and and many of the times they just did it on their own with no system or no method and and sometimes they you know they went and did five minutes in an indian ashram and got it or something or whatever and it's bullshit I'm sorry, but it's bullshit. I mean, there was a phase when I was younger and I was thinking, wow, maybe maybe it is more common than you thought. And and then people were saying things like, oh, you can't define enlightenment. It's whatever you want it to be. And like, it's not true. It's sorry. I, I'm really sorry, but it's not true. There are very, very few fully awakened or fully enlightened beings upon this planet. A very small number, a tiny percentage of the human species and I'm sorry, but hardly any of them are in the West either. They really are. There's hardly any in Asia. It's like proportionally, percentage-wise, there's, there's a tiny number. There's even le there's, there's such a small number in Asia. There's even like less to zero in the Western world. I, it's really an incredibly rare thing. Somebody that is fully realized, or fully awakened, enlightened, or has, has achieved union. They've seen beyond the shackles of mind, beyond the illusions of Maya and, and realize the truth of self. They, they've unified with, <laughs> with realms of perception beyond what human beings have. So my experience, if I were to define them, is they're not really human anymore. I'm sorry, but they're not. They, they look human, but they don't feel it when you're in their presence and their perception, the way that they're 
awareness and their consciousness works is above and beyond what normal human beings can achieve. They are, and people won't like this term because they think it's a little bit of a cliche, but they are superhuman. They just are. They might not say it themselves, but they just are. Their consciousness, their awareness is beyond what normal human beings can do. When you meet someone who's in that stage, it transforms your entire perception of what is possible. And this is how I know few people have met them. Because once you do meet those people in that stage, your whole understanding of the potential of the arts and of cultivation transforms. And many of the kind of, I don't know, the levels people squabble about and argue about become like the, I don't know, the sort of leftovers at a dinner table, the sort of scraps that you don't really want yourself and everyone else can fight over the scraps. But actually there's this other thing, you know, that, that's that's much greater, that is there, that is a potential, that is sat within all human beings. It's within all of us. It sits within the center of our soul. If only can we can release it, if only we can learn how to attune with it or to absorb into it or to identify with it or, or there's you know this this is the the functionality of the part this is the reason for it it's nothing less to follow an esoteric lineage is not to be calm it's not to be healthy it's not to be wise it, it's not to be natural or go with the flow these are all nice things but they're not really the highest levels of these art now the other reason i suspect that many people haven't met them is because it took me a long bloody time to find these bastards i mean that with the greatest respect you know they were <laughs> they were tucked away and hidden and didn't want anything to do with people and they were hard to find and i tracked down many dead ends as well where people would say to me oh this person's really amazing so i go find them and i'm like mm, okay yeah okay they're good they're skilled you know and then somebody say no no this one's this one's enlightened okay so i go and see them and it's like okay they're a nice person this one no this one's a real deal i know you've met some other frauds but this one's real okay okay i'll track down this one you go there well he's got a nice uniform and he's in a temple and he says nice words but no it's not the real thing you know it's 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 not the real thing and and i was caught up in all that for ages as well you know i'm like it's so hard to discern they say they're awakened and they say nice things and they look like they know what they're doing and they're from the right place but no when you actually meet someone who's even come close to completing this path it's an entire paradigm shift your entire consciousness is switched it is changed and all of the other practitioners i met who have encountered or spent time around these kinds of beings i don't even want to say people anymore has also had their paradigm shift and they see the whole of the arts in a different way it's changed and once you have a taste of it there's no point pursuing anything else. There really isn't. Now, of course, I know all of you uh, scholars out there will be saying, well, pursue it, you can't get it. That's true. But even the people that don't pursue it don't seem to get it either, you know? Like, it's an incredibly rare thing. It's a difficult thing that I haven't done. Definitely not. And it's above and beyond what I think I have the potential to do. And I think it's above and beyond what the potential for many people to do. But it's a high-level thing. So, that's the key, right? If we're looking at a lineage, we're looking at a tradition, we're looking at the stories of the people that founded the lines, they talk of them with amazing feats of perception and awareness, even energetic skill, healing arts, city, miracles, whatever you want to call it, that just manifest around these people because reality shapes and warps itself around these people to a different degree. If that is what the people could do who founded the traditions, then that is where the lineage begins, right? So they would be what I would call 
the first generation. You know, so okay. I'm uh, let's pretend for a second that it's hundreds of years ago and I'm a Chinese saint or whatever and through my lessons I and my practice I realize the nature of self and, and manage to tune into deeper layers of consciousness and reality that elevate me beyond my material or egoistic self and I become an awakened or fully realized being. Essentially a like a a spiritual being in touch with the deity realms walking upon this earth. So I become that person. That makes me the first generation of a tradition. That's it. I'm the, li I'm the lineage. I'm, that's the lineage. Generation one. Then what happens is they take, whatever you want to call them, students, uh, followers, disciples, if you want, is the term that we often use, isn't it? Um, they take on close students. Those people become the second generation. Okay, They're the second generation. I've been the second generation under certain teachers of certain things, so they're the second generation. Now, those people, their job really is to achieve the same level as the first generation, right? So the disciples are trying to, with the assistance or the guidance of their master, to achieve the same level, at least, of realization or awakening so that the lineage is successfully um, transferred or passed on to the next generation. So what you want is, you know, second generation to be as good as or at least you know, well, no, no, to be as good as or surpass the first generation. That's their aim. And if they manage to do this, then they become the holders of the lineage. It doesn't matter about... To me, this is the thing, right? If that second generation gets the same skill as the first generation, they become the holder of the lineage. It doesn't matter about title or whether it was handed on through a ceremony or they were given a you know, a little item from their master or a certificate after a 10-week course to say that they are the lineage holder of a tradition. It doesn't matter if they didn't actually get from their master what they were supposed to get. If the second generation didn't evolve to the same level of the first generation, then not that the lineage hasn't been carried on. It really hasn't. It hasn't been transferred. So to me, the lineage is like a precious item held by the first generation. It's almost like a... It's envisaged as a highly fragile glowing golden egg or something like that whatever you want within your imagination and this item has to be handed over and passed to the next generation and it's fragile and it's difficult and it's easy to lose and if the student the disciple is not ready or they're not capable or they're the wrong person or they can't find it inside themselves or they're caught up in the shackles of materialism and self then they're not going to get it so therefore that lineage is not going to be passed on. That is the lineage. That's it. Nothing else is a lineage. Okay, that's what it is. Because the whole function of a lineage is to lead you towards enlightenment, right? That Of a spiritual lineage anyway. Not a martial arts lineage or anything like that, but a spiritual lineage. So how about this? The person who realized the nature of self and unified with spirit or he found God or enlightenment... Again, I'm using the terms woolly and giving you a few so you can equate it with whatever your understanding might be. That first person is then going to, essentially going to try to express or teach that to the person that, you know, the second generation, aren't they? And what they're going to do is they're going to express it in their own way. And when they express it in their own way, what that becomes is a tradition. So it becomes a line of Taoism or it becomes a line of Buddhism or it becomes a line of Hinduism but it's a reflection of the enlightenment of that person so then when 
Because there's individuation within each of us, even at the level of soul, we might pretend not, but it, it's still there. You know, when people are enlightened, they still have a personality. <laughs> it's not, it's, it's not like their, their entire individuality is eradicated and they become some kind of vegetative robotic state. That's not the way it is. There's still, still an individual there that that enlightenment is shining through. So they're going to express the teachings in their own way. Now what will happen is if the second generation learns it, and it's passed on to them. Now, the, the method they're given by the first generation, by the master, enables them to unfold the teachings within themselves. But the teachings passed on by the master are only to lead them towards their own awakening, their own realization. And if they were to get that realization, that shiny egg of light is passed on, then it will be expressed differently by the disciple. Because there's they found their own soul. They've connected to God in their own way and out comes the expression of their own enlightenment. So this forms a problem because if that art is expressed according to them in their way, it's going to be different from the master. The disciple has become their own master. And if the disciple has become their own master, then the teachings and the tradition will already be different from what the master taught them because it has to be. They have realized the truth for themselves. We can see this in the stories. The founder taught three people, and these three people, these three just well, taught five disciples. Two of them were useless. Three of them got it, something like that. The three that got it, the three that attained their own realization, each founded their own lineages or their own traditions. That's a common story. And those three lineages, three traditions, founded by the, the receivers of their master's wisdom, were each different they expressed it differently in their own way. So now we have one master, first generation, taught three disciples, second generation. Each of them became fully awakened, achieved union with God. They established their own lineages and you have three completely different lines all over again because they expressed it in their own way. The master helped them to become a masters in their own rights. So this begs the question, are they now second generation or are they now first generation? Because really, if those three disciples had all achieved awakening of their own, then started to found their own way of teaching, they expressed the teachings in their own way, the tradition is different. So that really makes them first generation to me. Because if I were to meet the Meister and the disciple and both of them had achieved awakening, I bet they would teach differently. In fact, I know they would. Because I've had contact I've had contact to a certain degree with people at this level of the lines and it's amazing to see the difference in the expression. So there is the same core tenets, the same core ideals, the same core practices, but they're expressed differently. And if I didn't know that those two disciples were from the same master, I wouldn't have guessed it because they're simply expressing their truth differently. Neither truth is less valid because both of them are coming from awakened or enlightened beings. So really, to me, that makes them first generation. It's like another lineage all over again. It's like another line. And then, of course, they take students or they take disciples and their disciples become the second generation. And then what happens is if they manage to achieve awakening, then they become the masters and so on and so on. So essentially what it means is the lineage, which to me means the ability to teach you to achieve a full awakening or enlightenment within this life can only really be, in my opinion, first generation or second generation. By the time it's third generation, 
you're two, step, two steps removed from an enlightened being. To me, the lineage is already dead. It's already broken. Now I'm aware that that might sound like I'm splitting hairs, right? Because surely that third generation comes from that founder. And okay, sure, I, I, I'm splitting hairs, but I want you to understand a concept. I'm really trying to explain a concept that the third generation is two generations removed from an enlightened being. So that might mean the lineage is broke. The fourth generation, the fifth generation, the sixth generation, by the time you get to the 25th, the 26th, the 27th generation, how far removed are they from somebody who was enlightened, that was awakened? That's the question. So what it came to hit me was, the question I had to ask myself was, if somebody has not had direct connection to somebody who is awakened or enlightened, can they do it themselves? And in my opinion, in the majority of cases, I shouldn't say my opinion, it belittles it a little bit, I suppose. In my experience, that leads to my opinion, leads to my view. No, they cannot. I don't think you can. There's, maybe there's like rare, special individuals where all of the causations within their consciousness and their being are just right that they can achieve an enlightenment or awakening without that direct experience from someone else. But I think that's incredibly rare. Generally, it needs to be passed on. It's like a contagion, if you like, <laughs> on the level of spirit that must be caught and transmitted down through the line. So by the time someone's seven generations away or whatever from an enlightened being, I think the chances of them achieving it are not good. So therefore, I would say that lineage is already kind of weak. You know, it's broken. It's too far away. So that brings us to the question of like, you know, people hunt out, it's old. You know, this is this tradition is better because it's, it's done the way it was always done. It was never modified. Okay, the pro of that, the good point is, well, that's good because it meant nobody dabbled with it and screwed it up. That's, that's a bonus, you know, because generally if modern humans change something, they make an error. <laughs> it's normally a rule. But... The downside is that, okay, you've been preserving the method from this awakened being seven generations ago, but that's his expression of it. That's his expression of the art, but his direct influence is no longer there. So the question is, will the preserved method work without the direct example or direct passing on? of awakening from the master themselves and generally I would say no so I believe this is why the lineages are dying I believe we live in an age where there are less and less of less of them people might think there's more because we have access to more information and everybody you meet's a lineage holder these days aren't you I mean I remember when I first traveled to China it was hard to get a lineage be accepted into one let alone be given one to let alone be say okay we acknowledge you as a lineage holder no every every person and their mother is a <laughs> lineage holder in the Chinese arts or the Indian arts or is everybody I mean, you, fucking hell you can go to China for two years or something get a certificate you can probably do it in six months I mean it's nothing is it it doesn't mean anything so it might feel like this lineage is everywhere you know I'm 25th generation of Erme or Wudang or Longman or whatever everybody's a lineage holder it doesn't mean anything because the lineage is dead because that connection to awakening is not there so this is why I say that to me a lineage can only be first or second generation or dead because my implication being that once somebody is awakened once somebody is enlightened they will automatically modify the tradition 
according to the truth that radiates out from within them and that generates a whole new line so that rather than being a almost like a you know a a linear sequence of who taught who it's more like a sort of family tree you know like branches on a tree coming down like forks of different traditions producing new traditions producing new traditions because (laughs) what it should create rather than a a linear based school that stretches back into time is really what it should produce is a master and disciple relationship that is carried on and, and been modified and evolved according to the realizations of the awakened masters and if someone's not awakened they can't modify it but at the same time the tradition will die so it leaves the the awakened master in a very sort of almost desperate situation because they have to pass on successfully to their disciples not just the art not just the methods i've taught you all the forms and all the sequences so here's your certificate no they have to actually ensure that that person becomes fully realized and fully awakened in order for that tradition to survive if it's a spiritual tradition and that hasn't happened it doesn't matter what people want to say or how much they'll hate me saying that it hasn't happened it's rare so then there's let's look at some terms right if you've hung on till now is we have lineage so lineage to me is like a, a seed of awakening that must be passed on and in some ways it's done verbally some ways it's done um through exercises this disciple does but this is the key in many ways it's passed on mind to mind or soul to soul there's a direct esoteric psychic transference of awakening from the master to the disciple and this is why this is why the third generation are in trouble the fourth generation are in even more trouble because if the master is dead ascended dissolved into light exploded into relics or whatever else they've done you know just rode a horse off into the distance i suppose whatever they've done if they're not there they can't pass on mind to mind soul to soul the seed of awakening or enlightenment it can't happen so therefore the person can't receive it they can have all the methods and practices in the world but there's an ingredient missing there's an ingredient missing so that's lineage to me that's what lineage is lineage is this precious gift of awakening that's passed on master to disciple but then you have something else then you have systems so a system is a as you you know i'm sure you know a a series of exercises normally um sequential but not always that surround that lineage so the master has obviously the gift of awakening that they're trying to pass on but then of course so they have their exercises and their methods that might be mental might be physical um could be energetic whatever you know but there are there is a system behind it too um and that must be passed on and generally that system is modified by future generations as they achieve enough awakening in order to modify that system and if they can't modify the system because they don't achieve that level then they keep the system the same so it gets passed on as it was so i think a system is already kind of devoid of lineage in some ways but it's kind of the best we have so oftentimes when people are talking about lineage what i think they mean is systems in this definition you know they say lineage i think they mean system so when they say i'm you know uh whatever <laughs> 150 seconds whatever the number is it seems to vary you know nobody agrees how many generations there are isn't it but it's only about sort of 17 18 in the 20s something like that but when they say you know a 19th generation longmen pie dragon gate or whatever 
they say in the lineage, but I think more accurately what they mean is they say I'm 19th generation in the system of Dragon Gate. Not really the lineage, the system, the method that's been passed on. And I would argue if they're 19th generation, then they're like 17 generations too far from lineage for the lineage to really be potent, <laughs> essentially. And I, I'm aware that that's not a popular view, but it's the view that I've reached whilst also being in lineages you know i i have that i have that number within the lineages but to me i don't i have that number within the system they said to me it was a lineage but it's not it's a system i'm I'm x generation in a system not a lineage i don't even trust the numbers anyway <laughs> to be honest so the system is important so when you're hunting out a lineage what you're really hunting out is a system to me and hopefully that system will prepare you and build your body as best it can until such time as you can meet someone who could be, maybe we could say, close enough to being awakened or first generation enough that they can pass that other part to you, that seed that is transferred from soul to soul. Then we have the third part. So we've got lineage, we've got system. Third part, we've got tradition. Tradition is the term I use to cover all of the cultural trimmings and trappings. So, for example, maybe the uniforms or the the language or the the decor in the temple or the rituals that are carried out the ceremony which i know people when i say that they say yeah but ceremonies have an energetic function yes that's true they do but it's pretty weak compared to lots of other things and it's it's all right like it's okay and whatever but you know i don't see them as very major i see them as important kind of like vitamins are to a bodybuilder you know like they can help you build your body i don't mean growth hormones <laughs> i mean normal supplements so it, like those supplements is they can they can assist you but they're not the core of the work you know they're the trimmings they're the outside bit so the tradition is all of that it includes the music and the guchin and the tea and all of the, the the stuff that you would normally associate with these kind of arts that i generally stay away from now the tradition is also passed on generation by generation so here's the thing right so if someone says i'm whatever I'm a member of this lineage. Do they mean I'm a member of this lineage or according to at least the way I'm defining the term, do they mean I'm a member of the system or I'm a member of the tradition? To me, out of the three, the lowest is tradition. Like if you're a member of the tradition, well done. You're like a, I don't know, a historian. Great, good. That needs to be preserved. That's like the preservation of culture, if you want. But it's the lowest in comparison to lineage, which is the highest, and system which is in the middle okay now I think you can do away with tradition and the system still works but you can't do away with system and the tradition's going to do it for you like the tradition on its own does not stand so when I started out in these lines in this training I couldn't tell the difference between them I didn't know that the lineages where I, I were in would were dead essentially because the awakened master was too far away he was gone generations ago so what i encountered was the system and the tradition intertwined and i couldn't really extrapolate the two out from each other and i don't think many people can and uh, and the longer i spent in the many 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 years and people might get grumpy with my views but you do have to remember that you know a everyone's entitled to their view and the fact that you disagree with me is awesome you're entitled to your own view too but I have studied full time for the in pretty much the entire of my life, and I'm 42 years old now, which I know isn't that old, but it's not that young either. I'm in the middle, right? It's middle age, halfway through my life, or, or whatever. 
well hopefully at least <laughs> but I have spent a lot of time in this so I think my view is valid my view is not necessarily final but I think it deserves the validity of at least consideration even if it pisses you off but if you've been here less time than me in these traditions do consider this that the tradition and the system are often intertwined now for me the tradition all of the trimmings were something that I wanted to drop and move away from because I'm not interested in them they don't excite me I don't care about Chinese culture particularly or Indian culture or English culture or American culture I, I just don't care it's great for other people but it's not what I wanted because the tradition wasn't assisting me but the system was so what I started to do increasingly was become more drawn to the very key components of the system while dropping the tradition and that made me feel a lot better it's like oh i can shed all of this dead weight and what i discovered of course was many people that love tradition became very angry with me and it generated a lot of bitterness because they felt that i was being disrespectful and in some ways maybe i was but i'm not disrespectful of other people following the tradition it's just not what i want i think it's the easiest thing to follow and it's not it's not the tradition itself will not lead you to awakening but the system can prepare you so therefore the system was something i wanted so increasingly i dropped the tradition and now the funny thing is what you find is if you have four lineages often if you drop the tradition but keep the system in some ways the lineages start to feel very very similar because often the system <laughs> is almost the same line to line, but the tradition is very, very different. The ceremony, the pomp, the ritual, the appearance, the culture is different between lineages. But once you strip it away, the method is very similar. The system is very similar. So many of the differences people are seeing are to do with the tradition, the culture, the, the nationality, the language, the art that exists around it. And then they squabble amongst each other. And most of the time they're squabbling over the, over the tradition. And the more I dropped the tradition, the more the system became clear. And then the similarities between the lines started to show themselves to me. Also differences, to be honest, there are distinct differences between the Buddhist and the Taoist and the Hindu lines, for sure. But those differences also became clear because I could see what differences were actually in the system, the method, and what differences only existed at the level of tradition or trimmings. So therefore, when the tradition and the trimmings went, I developed a lot more clarity on what the spiritual practitioners need. Clarity. It's highly important. Many cultivators are caught up in the wrong stuff if it's the cultivation they want. If they just want to be part of a club, part of a group, part of a tradition I guess if they want to be a historian if they want to be preserving a culture that's all awesome but if you are directly interested in cultivating connection to spirit or the divine that tradition is going to get in the way it really does there's an interesting component of the masters I've met that are close to awakening or achieved it is they all have no zero interest in tradition they just don't they have no interest in it at all it's all about system and how to directly awaken and all of the trimmings it all falls away i asked these guys about temples and they're like ah they're not important don't go to them and i'm like why the temples are good places for practice and they're like ah this is a direct quote they say they're for normal people to get in the mood <laughs> that's what they said and i said what about the energy of a temple and they're like yeah it's okay but you know it's quite weak you don't need it like that's their view and um, what about the ceremony the ritual no 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 it's for normal people like they they don't view it as important 
from a cultivational point of view because it's not a part of the system. And it's something that I came to learn that, oh, this is going to be offensive. I don't mean it to. I tell you what, maybe I can give it as a caveat that it offended me when I heard it. So maybe that makes it okay for me to say it. No, that, that doesn't work, does it? That's terrible. <laughs> that makes me less right to say it. It offended me a little bit when I heard it. Heard it. it hurt me a bit, you know. But I came to terms with it. I sat and I, I realized that I agreed. There's a truth to it. Was the less attainment a person has, the more they cling to tradition. So what I mean by that is the less capable somebody is of actually cultivating a connection to their true self, that which is inside, that which is your being, the more they cling to the outer trimmings. They cling to the culture and the art and the paintings and the language and the music and the food and the scripture and the, the funny hats and the boots and <laughs> whatever else they do. Do you know what I mean? They cling to all the, these things which are outer things. They are outside of you. They are external things. They are not connected to your true self. So the less capable somebody is of using a system to find their true self, the more they cling to the outer trimmings. That's what happens. So the more you can connect to your inner self, the more the trimmings fall away, the more the tradition falls away, and the closer you get to actually developing the clarity of what is the core of your system. Now, the more I follow that system, the more it prepares me, but I do also realize that I'm not second generation. I'm not first generation. I, therefore, the lineage is broken. So therefore, the hunt continues. It's like, okay, I've got this lineage. I've got this system, I should say, sorry, contradict myself. But I still need to find someone who has this potential seed they can pass on. So the hunt continues for an awakened person. And then eventually, I do find them. So that means that the expression of the tradition from those people, though those awakened beings can trace their line back, they know who taught them, they know who taught their teacher, they know who taught their teacher's teacher. That's, that's true, they could write on a piece of paper if they wanted. They don't express the teachings the same as their teacher did, nor their teacher's teacher, nor their teacher's teacher. Because each of those person was a real lineage who expressed the teachings in their own way. Because the fact of the matter is, you will never know truth by looking outside. You will never know truth by looking by at outer trimmings. You will never know truth by looking at the culture or the gumph around yourself. Because as soon as you look outside, that's the way that your sense faculties and your mind form an untrue version of who you are. So you can only know truth by looking in, looking inside. So what the system does is it prepares and transforms the qualities so that the awakened master can guide you towards looking inside in the right way. And inside of you is free from culture, free from tradition, free from trimmings, free from any of these exterior things because it's only comprised of your true being or your soul. And when a person's awareness can merge with that to a high enough degree, which is usually assisted by the master, then what happens is the true you becomes expressed you become awakened, enlightened. And at that stage when you're awakened, well, first of all, the phenomena around you go crazy, your connection to reality is different, energy warps and bends around you. You are different, you are transformed, you are evolved. It goes beyond saying nice words. 
and being calm and having nice clothes that look spiritual. It's different. You are transformed. It's like stepping out of the cocoon into an entirely new being. And at that stage, when that awakening radiates through you, that art, the expression of it, will be different. And then you have a right to adjust the system to make it relevant to the second generation because you now become the first generation. You are now a lineage holder. The lineage holder is not a, you know, like a baton that's passed on in a sort of relay race or something and you get a little flag and a badge. It's not that. You are holding the seed of enlightenment that's been psychically passed on to you and assisted you in looking inside to awaken that thing. And then you have the responsibility I guess to pass that on so you become lineage so then it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if you know somebody else has got I got five lineages and <laughs> 27th generation this and 36th generation that it's like yeah but you're not awakened and this person that is that makes them a new tradition and what matters is the relationship they have with the second generation the disciples and in that way the seed is passed on so what each of us do is practice the system and hopefully the universe will grace us with the opportunity to have access to somebody who can pass on the lineage aspect of this art as well. Of course, there's many other aspects to it as well, isn't there? There's an energetic line that is passed through. There's skills like transmission and empowerments and all of these things too. This is a big topic and I'm aware that I'm only touching the surface of it but i really wanted to highlight my views on that concept of why i view lineage tradition and system should have done that all other order shouldn't i lineage system and tradition as different things and often i find them intertwined and also explain my mindset that often gets me in trouble and why i'm not anti some parts of it but i'm indifferent to some parts of it i'm indifferent to the tradition I find your love of the tradition nice but I'm I'm personally indifferent to it and it's not a part of what I'm interested in because I'm more interested in the system and that pursuit and yes I know that word pursuits unhelpful but you know what I mean <laughs> that movement towards that training towards an awakening or a realization that I was inspired by so many years ago and that became the the central piece the focus of everything that I was doing and anything that can lead me towards that or assist me in that process became defunct. And that's really where I sit. Now, obviously, because I'm not awakened, I'm not enlightened, <laughs> I'm fairly proficient in the system, I'll be honest. I'm crap at the tradition because I dropped it, but I'm fairly, fairly well-versed and fairly proficient in the system, but I'm still not awakened, I'm still not enlightened. So therefore, I'm a broken link in the chain myself. So all I can hope is that I do the best I can and then I'm able to one day, hopefully, maybe, if life blesses me, enable me to carry on or hold that lineage myself in order to then pass it on to the next generation. But in the meantime, I shall continue trying and <laughs> accept, the, accept the fact that this is probably one of the hardest endeavors a human being will ever do, to be honest. And so if I fail, well, can't really blame myself. It's not easy. <laughs>